It's my own will to change my surroundings, stop victimizing yourself and start taking yourself out of that gutter, uplift your spirits and look for ways to handle your panic attacks. Hello and welcome back to the Kelly Limber podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand and style expert on a personal mission to inspire at least five people a day to take action, do something different and just show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Thank you all for your fabulous messages that come in on Instagram to say that you really got this great takeaway from a particular episode or you love this piece or you know, let me know if there's someone that you are really inspired by and you would love to hear on this podcast. I'm going to thank you in advance for being one of my five a day. Miriam Frey is our newest guest on the Kelly Loomberg podcast. She is the CEO and founder of Humanizing Brands and is a professional moderator based here in Dubai. Now, Miriam is enthusiastic about media for impact and harness this to give a voice to the voiceless. After years in the corporate sector working for NBC during COVID, she decided to leave this behind and set up on her own. And in this episode, she talks about how that transition actually went for her. And if this is something that you're considering leaving a a corporate role to set up on your own, then I think you're going to be really inspired by this. She also shares why your story is the best story and how you only need to start with helping or inspiring one person and the amazing knock-on effect that this can have. We could have spoken for so much longer, given that Miriam's in the industry of humanizing and storytelling from a brand perspective, and I work with personal brands and CEOs, so it was just so lovely to have a conversation in this same industry. So you're going to get some great value from this episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Welcome to the show, Miriam. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for having me. This is great. We we just uh, connected properly, I'd say, last week at an event for She Talks, which was a part of a Creative Zone initiative. And we had you as one of the panelists. And it was a really nice way to, to get to know you a little bit more and then know that you were coming on the podcast. So for those that don't know you, can you perhaps give a little bit of a backstory? And then we'll get into sort of, I've got a number of questions from last Friday that I'm like, oh, I'd love to ask a little bit more on that. So over to you first. Absolutely. Um, I'm originally Egyptian. I consider myself a global citizen because I've uh, worked, either worked or studied or lived in more than seven countries. I've been in the UAE uh, for 16 years. So I call, my, I call basically this country, beautiful country, my home. I've had my children here. I have two boys. And um, yeah, you know, I've, I've jumped from one industry to another and it led me to a beautiful um, journey full of inspiration and challenges and opportunities. And uh, yeah. So, you know, when we talk about jumping from one industry, so you actually came from the corporate space, you know, you'd been in that. And, you know, when, you know, when I was doing my research beforehand, your backstory is quite evident there. You were with MEC for a while. You have quite a history there. And what actually made you to go, do you know what? I want to leave this space and and go in to to do my own thing. You know, it's it's a couple of things. First, MEC was my home and it's still my home. I love the brand. I'm in love with the brand. And um, 
when I join a brand or an entity or or something, I I kind of marry it. I give it my all. So um, so my history with MBC is quite evident. Um, I created a few equitable brands, if you want, MBC Hope, which is the corporate philanthropic arm of MBC. And then I created something called MBC Academy that focuses on the new talent in uh, the film industry and the media industry. So for me, it was always challenging and inspirational. But I think after eight years, I was looking for a new journey. I was looking for a new challenge and I was looking to be inspired more to get, you know, to get onto the next step. The second reason why I felt that building brands and creating something from nothing is thrilling for me. <laughs> um, and I thrilling. It's just, it, it's, it's like a roller coaster type of feeling. And I felt, okay, well, that's great. You know, I've done it for so many brands over 20 years of my, my professional career. Why not jump off and start helping more brands create their own story and give them a little bit of a purpose of values and, and create their impact on ground. And, um, and this is exactly why I left. Yeah. So what was that? You know, was it just a case of one day or did you give yourself a six month period? Because when I decided to hand in my notice, like what probably should have done when I went from salaried employee to, to run my own business is I probably should have got some more savings behind me. And, and, you know, I didn't, I just went for it. I didn't run it alongside anything. I just went, I'm quitting. And, and I did. How was it for you? Exactly that. <laughs> I just said, I'm quitting. And then, you know, I had people tell me, are you crazy? You've built an empire at NBC. Your association with the brand is quite strong in the community and in the region. Wait a little bit, find something else. And I yeah. said, I'm not interested to find something else. I'm going to find my own self and my own journey. But, you know, sometimes, look, jumping off and taking that risk doesn't work for everybody. Some yeah. people actually need to have the savings and need to have that safety net on the side and need to have that plan before they jump. For me, it was sort of like I've been planning my exit for three years. It never happened. And so I think what happened was COVID happened. My transformation and growth happened. And that's when I realized it's now or never. I need to, I need to leave. I need to make that step. So many people actually overcomplicate it. And certainly when, when I was in that position, the, the rationale for me was, what's the worst that can happen? Okay, the worst that can happen is the next six months, the business never takes off, blah, 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 blah. I'll apply and either get my job back or, or go to something else. Like that's worst case scenario. And then when you kind of put it like that, you're like, okay, I'd still be doing the same thing, but at least I'd tried, you know? Yeah. So that was sort of where my headspace was at. Let's talk a little bit about that transformation. So COVID was a bit of a game changer for you from a number of, of reasons. And I know we spoke about it on Friday. Perhaps elaborate a little bit more on why that was such a game changer. Yeah. So March 2020, my mother who raised me, I was raised by a single mom, very resilient, full of courage, bravery, but also extremely hopeful and positive. So she taught me basically everything that I know today. And she's my role model. She was a very active and determined woman until 82, when she suffered a brain stroke and it left her half paralyzed. So her entire left side is paralyzed. That really hit me hard. 
because she's my backbone, but also because I realized that anything can happen overnight. Mm. No one is safe from health issues. Mm. Given COVID and the lockdown, given that I wasn't quite happy where I was in my professional sphere, if you want, I was starting to think this is the time that I leave and then COVID hit. And so I felt stuck. I felt stuck at home because we were in a lockdown. I felt stuck in my in my job because I cannot move now. Everybody's on hold. The world just went, you know, and I felt stuck because I couldn't go and spend some time with my mother. I was worried about her. She first four months, I mean, she lost her memory. And so I couldn't even speak to her over the phone. And I just re- I, I found myself falling into depression more and more experiencing a lot of panic attacks and a lot of anxiety about the future. What's going to happen? I remember I used to spend nights looking out my window thinking, will tomorrow be tomorrow? Will we have a tomorrow as as the world is collapsing and, and COVID and people are covered from head to toe and, you know, people are dying and, and, and everyone is like, you know, doesn't know what's happening. People are losing their jobs. People are losing, you know, loved ones. And just it, the world just went shut down. It just shut down. That's when I went literally like down in the gutter when it comes to my mental health. Mm. But I had to, I had to get myself out of it. I'm a mother and my husband got locked down in Portugal as well. He went to see his mother. He got stuck there for six months. So I was here alone with my two boys, 12 and 10 at the time. And you need to keep the hope. You need to be positive because you're stuck together in one house. You can't get out. You know, you know the drill. Everybody knows what was going on. And so I realized that it's my own will to change my surroundings, stop victimizing yourself and start taking yourself out of that gutter uplift your spirits and look for ways to handle your panic attacks. So I looked for apps online for breathing exercises and so on. So I went through a transformation of I'm on a high with my career to I'm literally in the lowest of the lowest. And then I said, it transformed me. It was so much growth, Kelly. I cannot even describe it. I just I was like uplifted, you know, my spirits were just like, it's like, I, I felt like I was flying slowly from bottom to the level that I should be. And that's when I realized that I need to leave where I am, where I am quickly. I need to change my life. I need to find my purpose. I lost my purpose along the way. I need to help myself, but also I needed to help to become an advocate for mental health, for people to actually seek help, mm. to realize that they do have a problem because a lot of people are in denial. So the Mm -hmm. first thing is to accept that you do have a problem, then to seek help, whatever that help is. It could be an app. It could be a friend. It could be anything. You could be you speaking to yourself in the mirror and uplifting yourself. And as like Mel Robbins always says, give yourself a high five. You know, I watched a lot of YouTube, a lot of videos, a lot of, I listened to a lot of podcasts that uplifted my spirit and changed my mindset. And I was brave enough now to talk about it. I want to talk about it. Before I used to think, because, you know, in this region, we take 
mental health, like, oh my God, she's crazy. Or what is she talking about? She's trying to get more followers or she's trying to get sympathy or empathy. No, you need to talk about it. And it's not about what other people think of you. It's about you helping others realize that they are suffering from mental health and that they need to get the right kind of help. It's You shared so many sort of valuable insights in terms of um, you know, apps that you can go to for breathing, you know, the content that you were consuming was all, you know, inspirational, motivational, you know, kind of changing, like exactly what you said, changing your mindset. Who, you know, was your husband the first person that you went to, to admit, you know, I've got a problem, I need help. Was it friends? Like, you know, it's, it's once you've made the acknowledgement yourself, like, okay, do you know what? I need help. And you can start doing these things. How do you start telling yeah. people? Because that's the scary part. I actually didn't tell my husband. I felt that I needed to tell a friend. And I yeah. felt that I needed to just make that call and arrange my own therapy session. I felt that if I had told anyone, I would have gotten external, confusing decisions. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I just needed to make that decision on my own and just to go for it. And it was the best thing that I, I've done. I had a few therapy sessions online. It did help a lot. But throughout mainly my journey, I helped myself. Like you mentioned, I um, consumed a lot of content. I looked for answers and for comforting sessions online. Online, there's so much. And that's why I always say, if you want to help yourself, don't say I don't have the money for therapy because yeah. therapy is online. And therapy is within you. And you, again, you can seek therapy from just speaking to a friend. You know, sometimes we just need someone to sit there and listen and nod and then give you a hug in the end. They're not necessarily going to give you a solution, right? To all your mm-hmm. problems. They're not a genie. I wish we can just rub the genie and get, you know, your three Wouldn't wishes. Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> you know, listening, podcasts. You know, that's an amazing platform because you just put it on and you walk doing your own business about the house, but you're listening to people that are motivating you, um, inspiring you, pushing you forward, giving you, giving you the will to live another day, you know, and changing your mindset to, I'm not a loser. I'm actually great at what I do and I'm going to make that happen. I'm saying that as well because a lot of entrepreneurs out there and a lot of young entrepreneurs, they always feel like, I can't do this. I don't have the right funding. I don't have the right network. I'm just going to quit and I'm going to go find a job. Mm. And that's okay too. If this is what they want to do after they quit the first time, that's fine. Like you said, what's the worst that could happen, right? But sometimes we just need to give it a little bit of time and to find the right answers somewhere else. And and yeah, to just motivate ourselves. Yeah, podcasts are an amazing resource. I remember years ago, you know, who was it that said it? Was it Brian Tracy? You were up there, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And, you know, maybe say 10, 12 years ago, I was thinking, I feel like my social circle isn't where I want it to be. And podcasts really became that sort of, oh, it was like I just had breakfast with whoever it was I was listening to, you know, we had like a half hour catch up and just listening. Like I absolutely love the wealth of, of knowledge that you can gain from podcasts that doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything. 
it just costs you effort. And if you want to change, you're the one that's got to do that. And exactly, you know, in that sort of Mel Robbins, you know, give yourself a high five. And if it's baby steps or it's five seconds or it's, you know, five minutes you listen to once a day, it's a complete game changer. So, so you, you, you got yourself out of the very dark space that you were in. How did you go about sort of getting your first client? So you knew you wanted to work with brands and the sort of the story element of, of humanizing. And I, and I mentioned it on Friday, you know, the future of business is personal. And, you know, I know that's something we both share so passionately that, you know, stop hiding behind your business, stop hiding behind your brand, take control, come in front of it. So how did you, let's talk about how you did that for yourself first, and then maybe we can go into some examples of clients that you've done that for and the differences and the results that they've got. I started off by calling off, calling up friends, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what's going on, what's happening, just having a coffee, explaining to them what I do. But honestly speaking, I was lucky enough to land three projects as, as, as soon as I started, one after the other. And it was, it was great because there were three different industries, three different types of levels of, of involvement. And, and yeah, I mean, it gave me some time. I mean, I've been on my own now for almost a year. The first three, four months for me, it was more like trying to figure out exactly what I'm going to do. So what is my value proposition? What am I bringing to the table? And then and then just going out there and having conversations with everyone. Mm. I worked with FMCGs. I worked with beauty brands. I worked with real estate. I worked with film festivals. I, um, I'm working now with Expo. I mean, so the, the industries are, are different. They're exciting. And the idea, Kelly, you know, the, the idea of sitting down with a company or brand or a person because a person is their own brand, right? Yes. You're a brand, yes. I'm a brand. It's just, and trying to figure out those first steps of how to create your story is so beautiful. I love doing that. I love sitting down with companies and departments and trying to figure out the corporate culture. How are we going to get the people on board? What do we need to do to uplift everybody's spirits internally? What sort of programs can we run throughout the year? Then putting everything in a strategy, putting it into action, and then seeing, you know, the flowers bloom. So what I always say at Humanizing Brands is that we strategize, we act, and then we find, communicate our impact. Because you need a plan, then you need to put your plan into action, and then you see the impact and how to communicate it properly. So communication with purpose building your own media platforms with the right kind of story. So a lot of brands, they what they do is that they fall into the trap of communicating impact before they actually pave the way to, for, for the journey to start, for the, for the external stakeholders to actually follow that journey. Instead, they just put out the press release saying, oh, you know, we have partnered with so-and-so NGO, we're going to make uh, we're going to create a great initiative in Africa that's going to help 200 people give them access to uh, quality education for example but that's just an announcement now what comes after is extremely important because this is what gets the credibility and the accountability and the 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 real aspect of the initiative 
and the impact behind it. So I can go out there and make all sorts of announcements. But if I don't follow up on those announcements and follow up, meaning communicate numbers, who was impacted, where, how, and what, um, I will lose credibility along the way as a brand. So yeah, strategize, act, impact are the three steps that we follow. And, and yeah, it's been, it's been a wonderful journey so far. Why do you think people are scared to make their brand personal? I think they're scared to be judged. Mm. Yeah. How because there's think, a lot of judgment. How do you think then people can stop worrying about being judged then? Look, I had a bit of a, a personal story. I'll tell you about it two weeks ago. Yeah. And I've been on social media. I've been on TV. I've been, you know, public speaker. I mean, I'm in the public. Yeah. Um, and I'm all about keeping it real and not being scared to be vulnerable and not sure. So I had a video about Mother's Day that I wanted to post on social media. But then for some reason, I kind of, the last minute I said, oh no, l- let's pause. I'm not quite sure. And then the team was like, why? And I said, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be judged. I feel like maybe I'm preaching too much. I feel like, no, does it look real? Does my makeup look too much? Uh, does it look too scripted? Can we just, and I kept on doubting. And then one of the team members said, Mariam, stop. You're doing exactly what you're telling your clients not to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, just, it's you. And if, if you'll get a bit of judgment along the way, you always say it's okay. So we tend to get scared. And I think this is something that we spoke about on the panel as well last week. Yeah. When, you know, it's your first Instagram live or you're, you're scared of what your friends will say. They'll make fun of you. Right. Or other people will be like, oh my God, are you so pretentious and you're so unreal when you're trying to be real or, oh, look at her. She doesn't look good or she's saying nonsense or whatever. I honestly feel that this is your personal space. Your social media is your personal space. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and they were saying, you know, I get judged a lot on social media, but they also have an option to unfollow. And so I think what happens here is that when you take a decision to be out there in the public, mm. you have decided to be vulnerable. Yeah. And so if you've decided to be vulnerable, you need to take it with the ups and downs. And so don't be reactive on social media. Never, ever react to hate comments yeah. or negative comments. Take them with a pinch of salt. And sometimes there are good comments. So improve on the ones that you need to improve on. And the ones that are just pure hate and negativity for the sake of, you know, getting a comment out there, just don't look at it. Yeah. Just keep on going straight. Make sure that to know that you're inspiring so many other people and those two comments won't make a difference, right? <laughs> and it's you're, like you're, you're focus on the two rather than the 10 or the 200 that you've done it. I don't know also if it comes a little bit with age. I don't know. I kind of hit a point at sort of, you know, late 30s. And maybe that was sort of more of the transition coming out of the fashion industry full time, where the opinions that I thought once mattered really don't and never have done. And it was just that sort of reflection going, Wow. And and the, the other aspect of is also knowing that not everyone's going to like me. That's okay. Not everyone's going to agree with me. That's okay. Because 
I don't agree with everything I see on someone's social media. So if you don't, how can you expect everyone else to? And I'm just using social media as an example, but you know, it's okay. And then when I started to, to really understand that, well, I don't like everyone. So not everyone's going to like me. And then that became sort of like, well, that's normal. That's just human. That's just, that's just how it goes. And I've, I feel good. I make others feel good. The ones that count. And that kind of made it. I, I also saw a meme, I think. And it was something like, I don't know if you, you've seen it. Like, oh, your opinions don't pay my bills or something like that. Have you seen it? No, but I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was something like something along the lines of like you think your opinions matter, they don't, they don't pay my bills. It was something along those lines, and I was like, it's so true, they really don't, you know. So it is true, and and you said something that really resonated. Uh, you are not going to be liked by everyone, right? Oh, yes. And and that's okay. And that's what I always tell my kids. I have two teenagers at home, one teenager, one preteen. And I always tell them they're boys, right? I always say, look, guys, you know, you're, you're not going to always be the favorite. You're not going to always be the, you know, it's okay. Mm. And they actually take it better than me. They're, they're amazing, but it's true with age as well. Like I realized when I turned 40, I was like, nope, that's it. If there is an outing that I do not wish to go to, (laughs) and if there are people there that, I do not like, yeah. or I don't enjoy spending time with, I'm not going. Oh, I and hear I you. Know anyone said Yes. Because you have, you know, you see that clock behind me. Yeah. It's not the right time. I need to change the batteries, but time, you don't get time back. Right. Yeah. So I want to spend my time wisely with the people that I enjoy their company. Like this podcast, I'm loving this. My time with you and the ladies last week was just the perfect start of my weekend because the energy in that room was just so uplifting. Really worth, yeah. so that was worth my time. Yeah. Other times I want to stay away from negative, toxic, complaining for no reason kind of time. I do not wish to um, sit with pretentious people. I do not wish to. Yeah. So that's when I turned around when I turned 40 and I was like, no, I'm going to use my time wisely. And even if I'm watching TV, that's my time. <laughs> I actually did my TEDx talk on time. Really? That's yeah. so interesting. I yeah, want to yeah, yeah. see that. I'm going to look for it. It's, it's on YouTube. And, you know, and I look at it now when it was 2014, I'd love to redo it. You know, it's eight years old now. And I think my confidence level as a speaker the, the, the message stays true. It really does. But it was all based on this book that I had read, which I actually think you'll really like. It's called Life in Half a Seconds. And it was, I had read this, I think maybe, I want to think, was it just before my granny had passed away or just after? And it was, you know, just that kind of moment where, you know, what, what do we want to do? And then all these kind of things came to me and it was like, our life is going past too, too, too quickly. And yeah, that was uh, the, the, the TEDx talk. So I, I'm completely with you, which goes back to the event on Friday was slightly selfishly organized around my needs in the sense of, I say my needs, that's maybe not right. My desires of going, I don't like going out at eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. It's rare that you'll get me doing that. I'm a daytime person. I like spaces that have really good energy. So there's got to be great lighting, floor to ceiling windows, which is what that had. and. 
a space that is it towards the end of the week where people feel like they can relax and don't have to rush back to the office. But afternoon, and, and I remember um, Adriana Huffington talking about this years ago before I really kind of adopted it, the same philosophy was you get the best of people during the day. You get the worst of them at the end of the day. So, okay, sure, like, don't get me wrong, now and again, going out on a date and dressed up and all that kind of thing, a special birthday dinner, but it's rare. I want to get the best of people during the day. I want to learn about them. I want to see them when they're, they're awake, you know, rather than going, oh, I wish I was in bed watching Bridgerton or something like that, you know? So, yeah. You're so right that the, the light in the room was angelic, you know, mm-hmm. and those chandeliers that were, I think they were made of, of like bamboo. I mean, it was a very sustainable material. They looked beautiful. I mean, the choice of the venue was amazing. The the women, I think all of the, the women and the men who were there wanted to just be happy, be in the moment. Yeah. The conversations that were shared on the first panel or, you know, our panel was so real and so genuine and authentic yeah. that I actually enjoyed so much. And you're right. I don't like to go out after 8 p.m., by the way. I'm a day person <laughs> myself. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I enjoy dressing up every once in a while and going sure. out. But honestly, sure. 10 p.m., I just want to be home in my jammies. Absolutely. Because you know, I, think, I think I realized as well off the back of that, it goes the step further. So I value my morning routine more than anything because that's what gets me through the day. So if I don't get my morning routine in, then that kind of puts me off kilter because that to me is, and I read that in one of your articles, actually, that you had said, you know, work at your spending time with your boys, but also working out was where you kind of then go back to feeling decentered. And I think that's so important as a business owner yourself, when, especially when you're in a small team or you've got to motivate and inspire other people. Like I've got to be on form for all my clients and I really want to be to help them grow their business. The only way to do that is by for me exercising in the morning if i'm out till 11 o'clock at night there's something that's got to give and that generally is the exercise on that absolutely i value my pilates like crazy i mean are you reformer um, or i'm not a reformer person i'm more of an active person so i do bar religiously two to three times a week nice it literally has transformed my not only my physique but my mental and core and i felt that i'm strong you know when you're when you feel that you're strong and you're together that everything is together that you actually got this you know mm-hmm. and that's my start of the morning i do sessions at 8:30 in the morning you'll never find me in that studio ever after 11 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 11 a.m I mean, I don't know how people do it when they have sessions at 7.30 at night, which is exactly what we're talking about oh, like morning, you know? Okay. So, so sports and, and working out, whatever your workout is, is super important to keep you going. But mm. also you mentioned something is the morning routine. Mm. And I was listening to Mel yesterday because she's one of my role models and someone that I, you know, right. I value her journey so much, Mel Robbins. And if you're listening and you don't know who Mel Robbins is, please check her out. She's an amazing 53-year-old woman who had ups and downs, more downs than ups, but she really transformed a lot of people around her, sharing her tra- her own transformation story. 
Um, yesterday I was watching because that's another part of my morning is that I do my 10 minute meditation time yeah. when I give myself time with my cup of coffee, uh, which says super mom, by the way, um, <laughs> and just kind of like, you know, imagine my day going well and so on. Then while I'm getting ready, I listen to content about different things. So it could be neuroscience. It could be time management. It could be how do you get over your obstacles? It could be anything. So yesterday, randomly, it was all about morning. It was all about morning uh, routine. You mentioned morning routine. It's so important yeah. to everyone that's listening, get a morning routine going because it will set the tone and it will set the mood for the rest of your day. It will get you started. So whatever that morning routine is. Just out of interest, Mel Robbins, did you, I haven't read her high five book. I read the five, four, three, two, one. Which one's better? I haven't read the five, uh, the, the high five one. I, I read the five, four, three, two, oh, one. Oh, okay. It fascinated me because I'm a big fan of neuroscience. Mm. I'm a big fan of manifesting and manifestation. I was extremely skeptical about this years ago. I was thinking, come on, you guys, seriously, like what? But then when I got into it, because of a TEDx talk that I was doing, by the way, Oh, um, awesome! I researched yeah, in 2019. I did my, my first TED talk, my TEDx talk in Cairo, in Egypt. I flew there and so on. And it was, it was about manifesting your future and manifesting your dreams and how can you change your mindset and how science, mm. it's all about science. And this is what Mel talks about when it, she talks about five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. is that it's all resetting it's 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 just you're resetting your wires and and making things happen for yourself and so i talked about albert einstein when he basically says you know life is a preview of your own manifestation i mean he talked about your dreams are a preview of your own life mm. so it's just fascinating because, you know, those 10 minutes in the morning can actually make you imagine, like imagination is a preview of your own day. So if you sit for 10 minutes imagining your day and how it's going to go, you can actually do this because it's you that makes your own day. Yes, yeah. I believe in God. Yes, I believe that, you know, there's a, a divine intervention. Absolutely. But if you decide to wake up every morning and say, I'm going to have a great day today, I'm going to speak to Kelly and I'm going to have a beautiful conversation and it's going to set the tone to go beautifully throughout the day, then let's do this. But if you wake up in the morning and say, oh my God, I had a late night last night, yeah. <laughs> uh, I still have to speak to Kelly and I have a really long day. You've already decided that your day is going to go super negative and super yeah. down on energy. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's, it all starts with your morning routine and manifesting, imagining a preview of how your day is going to go. And then you can actually imagine a preview of how your life goals will go. So that's my TEDx talk. Check it out. I will like I to will, know we'll, what you we'll, think. We'll watch, we'll, we'll watch each other's, um, we'll watch each other's TEDx talks.
I have one question that I kind of just want to finish up on. And I think it would, I'm quite interested to know what, what your answer is, given that we're in that sort of personal space. Is what is there, is there one myth that you would like to debunk, so to speak, about kind of humanizing brands, the personality behind it? Yeah, that you kind of hear people say, or you think this is so not true, or? The myths. Wow, that's a really deep question. See, like one of the things I, I don't find, know. I find myself that people go, you know, I need to be, I need to be an extrovert. I need to be, I need to be someone that I'm not in order to be more personal. And that for me is a big myth. I feel that, you know, you don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be an influencer, a celebrity to humanize your brand or, or to be more personal. You have to be you. And you know, what is, I think I said this on Friday, you know, what is obvious to you is amazing to others. And it's so true. So that would kind of be one. I don't know if there's any sort of thoughts on the the back of that. Yeah. I think if we're talking about people, I think a lot of people are scared to be out there because, or when they get invited to speak or when they get invited to an event, they always say, oh yeah, but why are they inviting me? Mm. (laughs) Why am I important? I don't have reach and followers, I don't have a story to tell. And that's the myth, I think. Everyone has a story to tell. Okay. Everyone. I like that. Yeah. Everyone has a story. Don't ever allow yourself to think that because your story is not a Bill Gates story or an <laughs> Oprah story, that your story doesn't matter. It does not have to be spectacular. One of the things that I always say on stage for brands and people who want to become change makers, you know, yeah. um, want to change the world to a better, you know, um, to be a better place, uh, focus on humanity and so on, is that I always say, start with one person. So mm. put a tweet today, put a post out today to inspire others. And if you manage to inspire one person, then you have managed to, you know, take that goal for today. It doesn't have to be millions of people. Yeah. That's the that's another myth that a lot of brands think that mm. if I want to launch my social impact initiative, how many people will we ch- will we help? And I say, well, I mean, we can be realistic and start with a hundred, for example. Oh no, 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 we can't say that because that's just too little. And I'm like, that's not little because if you're changing a hundred people's lives, you're changing a hundred homes a hundred households, how many people are inside that household? Maybe five or six in rural areas. So multiply that 100 by X amount of that household, you're changing someone's life to get a job or to get a better education or to get a better, better future. You're literally changing their community around them. Mm -hmm. You're inspiring everything, everyone and everything around. So that's the way you should look at impact as well so the story is that everyone has a story to tell yeah and the impact is that the impact doesn't have to be millions doesn't even have to be thousands or hundreds if you impacted someone's life today if i made kelly happy today and i i was part of her the start of a great morning today then that's great i'm i'm you know i'm happy i made kelly smile today i love um, love that the 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 intro by the way um, is my goal, as I always share this, is to spy, is to inspire at least five people a day. 
And if I can do at least five, and some days it could be 50, and some days it could just be one or whatever. But if I go at least five, but that is the intro. So you, the, it's absolutely perfect. So for those that are listening. You already take, you, you take one. Yeah. Portugal. <laughs> you inspired me today. Well, because then I always say, if, if something's inspired you to take action, leave a comment, repost this podcast so other people can listen to it. Because this is how we create movement. This is how we create change and, and do inspired action. So, yeah, I love that. Thank you. How can people find you, Miriam? I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. So Miriam Farag. I'm on Instagram, Miriam Farag Official. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. And, you know, send me, send me an email on LinkedIn. Send me a direct message on Instagram. I always respond. Um, I respond to more people that I don't know than the people that I know, because I know the people that I know will WhatsApp me or give me a call. You can find me if you're a, a startup, if you are a company that uh, wants to change its internal culture to reflect better positivity on its external stakeholders. But if you're also a starting entrepreneur, you don't have a big budget and you want to start your own brand story and values. I would love to be involved because I want to help more brands and more companies that cannot actually afford the big guns and the big boys, mm. the big agencies, basically. I'm there because I want to make a difference with companies that really want to make things happen, but don't have the big budgets. Mm. Perfect. Thank you so much for being part of our episode today. Loved your story. I feel like we could have kept chatting. I'm looking at the time and I'm like, I had said 30 minutes and we're nearly at an hour. So <laughs> thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking to you last week. And I look forward to sharing this podcast with so many. Kelly, thank you so much. Your energy is literally contagious. You are a beautiful person inside and out. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that we met because your energy in the room set the tone last week. I was so inspired because I'm a moderator myself and I'm a speaker myself and I like to MC and host, as you can see, <laughs> super extrovert, but I'm usually critical of people who do that job and you did that job so beautifully oh, and so, so perfectly <laughs> that I was like, oh my God, I need to speak to Kelly. I need to get some I tips love from it. her. You're I love natural, it. Oh. natural. Thank you so much for having me this morning and I hope our listeners were inspired as much as we were. I am very sure they will be. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how more people can hear about the amazing stories and guests that we have on here. Even better, you can also share this on social media. Screenshot it and share it on your Instagram or on your Facebook or on your Twitter account. The more people that see these episodes, the more awareness it brings to small businesses and those that are trying to make an impact and difference. And if you want to know more about how you can develop your personal brand, then check out our new website brand new creators designed by our in-house team and we are in the business of helping you to increase your online visibility build industry authority lead change motivate and profit who doesn't want that i look forward to speaking to you soon until next time bye